I guess this is probably going to end up being one of our generalized conversations. Yeah, probably. I think even if we tried to do otherwise, it would get away from us. It it seems like a good way to start out discussions like this, though, like a, a generalized discussion on the topic, and then later on we'll delve deeper into it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it. I think that works because we can touch on different ideas and and see what we'd be interested in talking about more. Yeah, exactly. And it gets the like the random generalized chatter out of the way too. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nerdscape, a semi-weekly podcast where two siblings with not nearly enough time on their hands get together and talk about nerdy stuff. Uh, although we're doing better because it's only been a week since our last recording, so... Yeah. And it, it helps knowing that people are watching, or listening, I should say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Not that we're trolling for feedback or anything, but no, if you let no. us know how much you like the show, it's definitely a helpful motivator for us to get these out more often. Yeah. So I know Jax has been on my back about it. <laughs> yep, he loves every, listening. Every, every week there's there's always a message from him. So what are you guys talking about this week? <laughs> but no, it's great. Anyway, I'm Ralma. I am Fen. And this week, we decided to do a uh, really, really hyper-generalized discussion, um, a la last week's comic books, on uh, Star Wars. Yes. And I'm, I'm actually really excited about this, because this was really the first like nerdy thing that I got into this was the beginning i mean i know we, we talk about how like we played zelda and like nes in general like when we were really yeah. young but like dad's love for star wars i think was what really threw us into the deep end as far as nerdy stuff in general yeah yeah it really was and i think as much i mean you know the nes was maybe a little bit before it was definitely before. Yeah. But I was still, I mean, I was eight years old when I first saw Star Wars, so. Uh, incorrect, actually. Really? Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> we had actually seen episode four, I think, several years before then. You know what? I, but, I always forget about this. But we didn't actually, we were way too young to actually understand what was going on. Yeah. That's right. I I I do now that you mentioned it I do remember we liked we very much liked the uh the golden robot and the his golden friend. shiny robot and his little friend. 
And yep. then there was the scary, evil black guy. And, of course, all of the white guys, they were good guys, because that's the way it worked, right? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we had that set of walkie-talkies somebody had given us for, like, Christmas yes. or something. And I or know something like that, yeah. I know that was before we had seen them, because I had the no, black right. one, and you had the white one. And it was like, well, the black yep. one must be the bad guy, and the white one must be the good guy. Right. Stormtroopers, of course, so they're, you know... Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> we were like six. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I was nine, and you were eight, and episode one had been announced. They were working on it, I think. Yes. So like, I was, don't know that was... we knew that, and I don't know that we had made that connection, but that was like, Dad realized there was another Star Wars coming out, and he wanted us to be caught up before it came out in theaters so that we could go see it. Uh, I think we did know about Phantom Menace because of... Well, we did know about it uh, after the fact. Well, because we were... We had that subscription to the Lego magazine. And, like, the second issue we got was their... That went along with their releasing of the Star Wars Lego sets. Uh-huh. And I don't think we had seen the movie before... The, episode, the issue after that came out that had their announced their their uh, episode one Legos. Because I do remember, I, could... I do remember like they were uh, mom and dad were collecting all of like the TV guide specials with all the articles and everything. Yeah, and I remember that we actually got to read those as they were coming out. Right. Yeah, which would that would have been after we saw. I don't remember I don't the exact timing. My timeline know... could be my my timeline could be all screwed up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely it was a couple of months out from from. Had Phantom to have been Menace. more than that because we actually we saw each of the movies twice, and we only saw like one movie a week or so. If that's the case, then I was probably seven. Because mm. I turned eight three months before. Phantom Menace came out. Regardless, you were you were roughly around that age. I was. Like it yeah. was probably that year. Yeah. I don't remember. It was a very long time ago. It was. It was like it was like twenty years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It was a long time ago. Um, yeah. But the whole thing spawned like this tradition. In our very, very mm-hmm. large family. Yes. That when one of the kids turns eight, they are allowed to watch Star Wars. And so when one of the kids turned eight, it became like this like several month long marathon session of Star Wars. So you can imagine like Fen and I being the oldest two out of seven. How many times we have seen these movies? It's a lot. Spoiler alert, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, we're talking at least... Because we watched at, them twice. At the very least, we have seen them uh, 12 times over. At least. At and the, that, that is count... the very least, and I know that that's too low. 
that's that doesn't count any of the times that we watched them just because we wanted to, or like yep. the last few years or so. Like Jax and I have been like marathoning them right before the new movie comes out. That's a good idea. It it's is. Really it's fantastic, and we do it in chronological order so that we're all cut up mm. to the timeline. Nice. We didn't do it for Solo because that one, the the timing was kind of funky on that one, but yeah, we definitely did it for um, the Last Jedi, and we definitely did it for mm. the Force Awakens, and we're going to be doing it for the next one too. Yes. Uh, the one thing that I do want to do is uh, watching Rogue One and New Hope like back to back. Oh, it was it was great because we are we actually did that when we marathoned them for Last Jedi. We watched Rogue One in between, and it was yeah. such a good bridge. Like you don't really appreciate Rogue One as a bridging mechanism unless you watch them that way. Mm. But yeah, so we've seen these movies a lot. Yes. Um, there's and, there's a lot of love. Yeah, a lot. Even even for the Phantom Menace, which I will concede is probably the weakest movie in the series. Um, it's Attack of the Clones for me. That's that's fair. That is fair. Like I think I think Phantom Menace does a lot of really good world building. This is yes, absolutely. Um, like that gave us the basis for like the Jedi in their prime during the time of the Republic, and like that's yeah. that's what a lot of like the old Republic era stuff is built off of, which I absolutely yes, adore. This is true. And we'll get into my feelings yes. on scrapping the legacy EU later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I my biggest issue with with the prequel trilogies really just comes down to writing and directing. Mm. It could have been better. It could have been, but it also could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yes, this is true. I mean, it is it is what it is. It's what we've got. Complaining about it doesn't really help. <laughs> I enjoy them for what they are and for my whole thing is, like, as a storyteller myself, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Lucas telling the story the way he wanted it wanted yes. to, to do so. Yes. And not no, telling absolutely. the story that other people wanted to see. Yes. I think a lot of that, like, um, entitlement is um, quite a lot of the issue that, that we're seeing with um, the latest few movies that have come out. Yeah, and I think people are a little bit emboldened by the fact that it's not Lucas yeah, as much definitely. as much as the reason half the reason why Lucas sold Lucasfilm in the first place was because it just wasn't fun anymore because of all the complaining people do. I think the reason why it's gotten to the pitch that it has is because it's not Lucas. So people feel they feel like they have more of a right to yell at whoever's doing it wrong. Because yeah. before, at least, there was the excuse of, well, this is Lucas's story to tell, so I guess I can't complain yeah. too much, but still. Although, from everything I've heard, Lucas's notes that he gave Disney on, here's what I would have done for the next three, are, are not good. <laughs> well, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. 
Um, so a couple of, of quick warnings before we get too like deep into this. Uh, first of all, we're more than likely going to be spoiling pretty much everything from Old Republic yep. era all the way up until yep. um, Solo. We're not going to discuss Solo because we yep. feel that it, it it's too recently come out. Like it's it's only been like a month since it's been out. And so if that you're not the type fair. who goes to see movies in the theaters, we don't want to ruin this for you. If you know. And some people like don't have the opportunity to go see a movie in the theater right away. Yeah. Case in yeah. point. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm at, at this point, I'm fully spoiled on uh, on Infinity War because I am nobody. So sorry. It's not your fault, but nobody knows how to keep their mouths shut. No. Nobody's even bothered trying to keep from spoiling anything at this point. Right. Um, but in the interest of being respectful, we're not going to discuss Solo other than in very right. general terms. Um, right. Like, it was... <laughs> I really It was really it. good. It was really, really good. Go see it as soon as you can. Or as soon as it even, comes out on DVD, even if... like, get it. Or rent it, or whatever. Yeah. Like, even if you don't care about a Han Solo origin movie. This this it was still this really movie good. was more than that. Yeah, it was a really good it was a really good Star Wars movie. Um on that note though, um we do feel that The Last Jedi has been um not only out for a significant amount of time, but has also been discussed <laughs> at great length online. So yes. if you are if if you're still not aware of like the spoilers and stuff with The Last Jedi, then it's probably not something that you're interested in seeing in the first place or really knowing yeah. about so um but if that is not the case you still have not seen the last jedi and you want to and you don't want to be spoiled and you have somehow managed to not be spoiled up to this point um just be warned that we're we're probably not going to uh avoid the spoilers as much as you might want want us to yeah but i applaud your ability to avoid them this far yes uh props to you but yeah, um, the other warning that I would give is that, especially as pertains to Star Wars, um, as a lot of our listeners uh, by now will know if you've been keeping up with the show, uh, we have very unpopular opinions. Yeah. And especially, we will not back down. Oh, no. And especially, um, especially with Star Wars, because like I said, um, our, our dad was a huge fan of Star Wars. And um, yep. his his love for this this uh, movie series and this franchise is what really um, guided us, I guess, in our our mm-hmm. obsession with um, nerdy stuff in general, yeah. sci-fi, Be- fantasy, etc. Because he was he was also eight years old when the original came out, mm-hmm. and he saw it in theaters. So that was. Something that he wanted very much to share with us, and I think succeeded clearly. Okay, definitely. And I think I think he would have liked the uh, the new movies that have come out. Uh, I, I really do. do. Too. But not to dwell too much on that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's um, let's dive in. Where do we want to start? Hmm. Do we start chronologically or uh, or by release? I say we start by release. 
Okay. Because that's that's how we experienced it. Which is the best way to experience it. I mean, for the first time. At any yeah. Rate. Yes. Yeah. No. I, I've I've always wanted to go on a uh, chronological chronological marathon binge. Definitely something I could recommend. But if you're experiencing Star Wars for the first time, of course you need to start with Episode Four. Which, to anybody who yes. isn't familiar with Star Wars, that sounds really weird. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel about Episode Four the way I feel about like classic Final Fantasy, I guess. Mm. Which is like it's necessary as a baseline, but if you don't watch it first, you're not gonna want to watch it. Because it is so dated. Yeah. It is. And I think that some of the special edition releases since then have tried to mitigate that. It doesn't always. It's not always perfect. Well, even those graphics are dated. Even the added graphics are very dated. Mm. Yeah. Cause they I mean, because they don't want to... They don't want to go too much. Well, they it don't want to alter... They don't want to alter the original too much, but... The original just doesn't mesh very well with computer graphics. Yeah. But no, it's 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 a solid movie. It's yeah. as far as like the way it's laid out, the way it, like the pacing. And I get the feeling that a lot of it like has to do with not only the era that it it was released in. Um, mm-hmm. But also the fact that it wasn't big yet. Like this was the first one. Yeah, they, he had he had no concept for how big it was going to be. Oh no! By the time to you the get point... to like episode five, like their budget like shot like way up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He had what one one major feature under his belt when he made Star Wars. Yeah. And it wasn't like a super. It's probably not one that would be talked about if he hadn't gotten big. As a I think there's still a lot of people that don't know about American Graffiti. Yeah, no, but because most of the time, anytime I hear about American Graffiti being talked about, it's in the context of who George Lucas and Harrison Ford are. Exactly. Um, I still haven't seen it. I think I'd like to, but um, that is right, isn't it? Like Indiana Jones came out after. Star Wars. Yeah, Indiana Jones came out. Uh, the first one was in the mid '80s. Okay. I think the first one came out between five and six, but I don't remember. Well, episode four was '77. Yep. And, and 1980, then 1980 was. And then 1983. Right. So the first one uh, would have had to been early '80s. Yeah, 1981. Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in 1981. Uh, Temple of Doom was 84. Last Crusade was 89. Now, does that have anything to do with Harrison Ford's feelings that Han Solo should have died at the end of Episode 5? I don't think so. Okay. Um, He, I think he, well, no, I don't think. I'm. He enjoyed Indiana Jones more as a character, for sure. But I think I think it was just he didn't feel like there was a whole lot more development that Han Solo could go through. 
and to be to be fair, he's not wrong. No. Because after episode five, there's not really a whole lot of development that Han Solo gets as a character. He's still, like, yeah. a pretty necessary character. And definitely highlights some character development for, like, Luke and Leia and Lando. But he himself doesn't actually develop much as a character past that point. No, you're right. It's more... Uh... His character arc in six is more just the culmination of everything that he's been building to anyway. Right. It's us getting to see him as like a rebel general after everything that he's gone through to earn that rank. Yeah. And you see he's still a little cynical and a little uh little jaded, but he is able to work past that. And we get to see that happen. Which is nice. It's it's nice getting to see like the conclusion and the aftermath of character development. So just because a character's done developing doesn't necessarily mean that there's no point in showing them anymore. Right. Yeah. And then you have uh situations this is way off topic, but you have situations like um with Doctor Strange where you get to see them like develop and then still struggling with reconciling the development with their previous problems. Yes. Let's see if we can find like an actual Star Wars uh, example for that, because <laughs> nothing's um, coming to mind right now. <laughs> hmm. Um, Finn well, is probably I mean, a good example, actually. Yeah, Finn is a really good example. Um, I mean, we do see some of that with Han Solo in uh, Force Awakens. Fair point. Uh, we do see him actually regress. Yes. Which happens. Like, people don't, like, change isn't permanent for everybody. Right. But we also see that as soon as there's something that snaps him out of the, the rut that he's in, he goes back to being the character that he was before. As much as he can, yeah. Yeah, as much as... As much as his age will allow, because, like, let's yeah. be honest... Uh, I don't know. I liked seeing an aged Han Solo. I really liked the whole concept of seeing these characters like older and struggling and jaded and like defeating the Empire wasn't the end of all problems in the galaxy. Like, yeah, the the Empire is a very good representation of like evil in society. But it was not the, like, pure representation and embodiment of evil. Like, getting rid of the Empire wasn't, like, that didn't solve everybody's problems. Like, there's still problems. Yeah. Right. And seeing that, like... It, it it wasn't like this instant utopia after the Empire went away, and seeing that people have still had to deal with all sorts of crap for the last, like, what was it, like 20-some-odd years? Yeah, 20 or 30 years. Yeah. thirty. I think it was 30 years, I think they kept that nice 30. round number. Like, I really enjoyed getting to see that and seeing how it, like, it beat people down. Because they did have this whole idea in their head, I think, that like once we defeat the Empire, everything will be great. 
and then it wasn't. And there were still problems. And, like, you had the First Order come up and all of this other crap happening that you would expect, you know, some people to feel a little jaded about that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would kind of imagine, like, anybody who had fought in the First World War, when, you know, World War II comes around, they'd be like, I thought we already dealt with this, like, what's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think that, and, no, I mean, and uh, I definitely think that contributed to the, um, the attitudes of um, the world leaders at the time as Hitler was rising to power and everything that he was doing that was just totally violating the 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 balance of the world and nobody wanted to nobody wanted to deal with it because they knew where it led because there wasn't all that much time in between the two if I'm not mistaken. no it was uh 1918 to 19 20 years yeah 20 yeah, no, years it... like there were some people who fought in in World War 1 that you know I'm I'm sure a lot of like wartime propaganda told them hey if you just go out there and fight and we beat this problem everything will be great and then they, call, they called it the war to end all wars yeah and then 20 years later there's this other problem coming, cropping out of, of some other corner of the world. And it's like, well, what, like, I, I'm not, not going to pretend to know. Not even some other corner of the world, the same corner of the world. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to understand, like, the mindset of, of a World War One veteran. But I can imagine it would be pretty, um, what's the word I want to use? Demoralizing? Yeah, demoralizing is a good word. And disheartening. And, no, and I think that is that is absolutely the kind of galaxy that J.J. Abrams introduced us to with Force Awakens was... I mean, and people like to complain about... Uh, one of the major complaints I've seen is that, oh, why is why has the Republic been letting this First Order, you know get away with everything and it's well because they don't want to deal with another galactic civil war that's part of it um, that's literally like it's it is literally europe in the 1930s is what we're looking at um there's actually um there's a a book it, it's one of the new official canon books called bloodlines um, okay first it's of one all of the aftermath books right yeah first of all i would really really um recommend actually i don't know if it's an aftermath let me look it up real quick i think it is i think it's because there were like three or four aftermath books that were no, just it's they, not an they, aftermath oh it's not okay it's not. um first of all i would really really recommend it it's a really good read um it's a really good mystery mm -hmm. um but it also kind of explains how the corruption of the first order kind of started growing like, they're actually tied to one of the major parties in the Republic, but nobody knew that for way too long. Mm. Yikes. Yeah. So, 
like they have they have political backing, they have financial backing, they have um idealists like zealots and and um imperial sympathizers and it's just it's a bad situation that because it was not discovered and dealt with like right away, it just snowballed and got way out of hand. And I'm sure there's a lot of, like, sympathizers and proponents inside the Republic that are saying, well, if you beat these people down just for having a different opinion, then you're no better than they are. Or whatever kind of nonsense tends to get stated in situations like this. Oh, yeah. Now, now, if you, if you go and fight them, you're no better than they are. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, uh, human nature never changes. No. And so that's, that's why the resistance exists in the first place, is because the Republic can't function while this organization exists. But they also can't openly um, oppose them. Yeah. Without causing political upheaval in a very very new government yeah no that's definitely a a new government is trying to replace an old regime at the same time as trying to make sure that they are conducting themselves in a way such that that can never happen again right because again that's 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 how the empire got started in the first place. Yes. Yeah, no, it it grew out of the republic. It grew out of the republic with a um a dictator in 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 every sense of the word, honestly, stating, yeah. "Hey, this group is um standing against like what we stand for and our freedoms and everything, so I need military power to shut them down." Yep. So I, I, I can imagine there are a lot of like non imperial sympathizers that are also saying, Hey, this might not be a good idea to like openly oppose them militarily. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have to read that one. Yeah. That I, one and I Aftermath are, are are the new books that I'm most interested in reading. Aftermath is on my list. Um, most of what I read these days is audiobooks, because um, that's mostly what I have time for, because mm. I, I work in data entry, so I'm allowed to yeah. like, sit and listen to whatever I want, as long as I'm actually doing my work. Um, so I, I do a lot of like audiobooks and stuff like that. Um, most of what I get, though, is from the library, and I don't think either my library doesn't have the Aftermath books, or they're always, like, there's a waiting list. Uh and I don't remember which one it is. Bloodline, I actually had um, I had to sit on a waiting list for a couple of weeks for that one. Lost Stars is another good one. Yeah. If we're recommending um, new canon novels. Um, yeah. I'm kind of sad because I haven't actually jumped into the new canon I've books. been really jaded about it. Um, because as I, I stated earlier, I don't like that they scrapped the entire EU 
and start it over. Yeah, I mean, like I, I understand, understand why they did it. But I don't like it because that was what I grew up with, and I was still working on getting through it, and now it feels pointless. Yeah. Like, no, they're yeah, still like good. I was... Like, I'm sure they're still good, and they're still good reading, and I am still going to get through them. I'm getting to a point where I'm okay with having to separate them in my head. But I, just, I have so little time these days that any endeavor that feels remotely pointless, like, immediately falls off my radar. Yeah. And there are a few of these, like, like some of this, like, new canon stuff that feels kind of like a cash grab on Disney's part. Hmm. Like, Jax was laughing at me and, like, trying to work me through the logic of this. I don't like the new Thrawn book. I hate to say it because it's Timothy Zahn and it's his character, but... yeah. It was written specifically as a marketing ploy for uh, season mm. three of Rebels. Yeah. So half of the book isn't even about Thrawn. It's about this other character that is completely unrelated, and I don't care about her because I don't know who she is. Because I don't watch Rebels. Yeah. That sucks. And so I'm sitting here telling him about this and about how I don't like when... I am forced to have to go to, like, other media sources and, and, and other places to find, like, the rest of the story. And he's like, well, we were just talking about this in Final Fantasy. You said you love stuff like that. And I'm like, I like it when it's optional. Yeah. I don't like being forced to do it. Yeah. No, like, like I if, see the difference, it, and, and he doesn't. So he was giving me a really hard time about it, but... Well, like, I feel like if they had written it in such a way that it didn't feel like the if they they needed to make the character something you were interested in in the story itself right and that's the thing because i didn't even know this until i went and looked it up i was like who the heck is this is this lady i don't know who she is and i don't like is she even important and i went and looked it up i was like oh well, that explains a lot, actually. I didn't even finish reading the book. I haven't finished Thrawn yet. Because mm. um, I just, I got bored. I was like, I don't care about this lady's political endeavors. Like, I don't, I literally don't care. Like, I, I don't care about her as a character. I don't care about her ambitions. Like, I don't know what she's doing in this book, taking up so much screen time. I just want, I just want Thrawn. Like, just give me Thrawn. Yeah. Like, those parts of the book were interesting. Um, some of the, like, POV stuff, um, I don't know if this has to do with the way the, the, the audiobook was, um, narrated, but some of the POV stuff was a little weird, because it would, like, flip-flop between Thrawn's POV and, like, this kid that he's got with him to help, like, translate stuff, and he's kind of, like, mm. his liaison. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, the Thrawn parts of the book were really good. It's just this other stuff about this Arenda Price lady that I'm just, like... I'm really bored. Just go back to Thrawn, yeah. please. I don't know. I feel like it... That's that's unfortunate. I feel like... Timothy Zahn was like, Hey, we're doing Star Wars books again, right? Let me, like, reintroduce my character to the canon. And they're like, Okay, well, we want to use him for this TV show. So if you could write a book that, like, introduces these characters for this new season, that would be fantastic. So I feel like he got boxed in. 
Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant about about <laughs> about the new canon. <laughs> yeah. No, I had I'd actually borrowed Thrawn from the library and I was gonna read it, but I uh, had also borrowed another a legacy book that I wanted to read first hmm. that I was gonna read beforehand because it was um um shoot I don't remember the name of it. You never read uh, Allegiance, did you? Allegiance. I uh, don't remember. Okay, so... Uh, no, on... I have not read that one. Okay. Sorry. What I do is, what I did was I looked it up on on Google and looked at the cover to see if I recognized it. <laughs> no, hey, that works. Um, no, I really... I'll, then I'll explain what Allegiance was, because Please do. it's... Oh, it might actually be my favorite. Uh, it might be my favorite Legends story now. Noted. Um, Timothy Zahn had decided that he wanted to write a book about stormtroopers. Uh huh. But stormtroopers who realized that the Empire wasn't what they were told. Mm. So you've got this this band of stormtroopers that basically. Um, uh, they basically mutiny, uh-huh. kill this imperial um, security bureau officer, steal his ship, and then go play a vigilante. Ooh. Um, because they they decide you know the they they don't agree with the rebellion because they think the empire is supposed to be a force for good. It's just been corrupted by all of these. All of these awful politicians and 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 such. It's it's that's something that they can solve. I gotcha. I gotcha. If we get rid of all of these elements that are trying to rot it out from the inside, we can fix the empire. You are really going to enjoy Lost Stars. Oh, am I? Yes. So the premise of Lost Stars is these two kids that grow up on this backwater planet. Um, and they're like really little when like the empire like starts its expansion. Mm-hmm. And so they like they take over this planet. It's like this mining planet. Um I think don't 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 quote me on that cuz I don't remember the details. Um but these two kids and they they've decided that they want to be pilots and they want to go to the Imperial Academy and they want to fly and they 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 do all this practicing and stuff together. Um, they're from like two different, two completely different like classes, um, like social classes. So they're having to like sneak around and and practice together and all this other stuff too. Um, but because of their their different upbringing, like when they get to the Imperial Academy and they start seeing what the Empire actually is, they have like very different views on what they're seeing and what they're being told mm. and the discrepancies between yeah. that. So. Like one of them ends up like joining the rebellion, and the other one ends up becoming like an imperial officer. But the the whole tension is that they've like fallen in love growing up together with with this ambition, like to go to the yeah. imperial academy together. So like that kind of like gets in the way. It's so good, mm. and it's really good at like telling the two different sides of of the argument. Nice. But yeah, hear, hearing you describe um, Allegiance, like, you're you're going to enjoy that. You're going to enjoy Lost Stars. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, the uh, the climax of Allegiance has the uh, the stormtrooper characters on this planet that's being um, one of the stormtroopers had grown up with this this one like the the son of a one of the nobles on mm-hmm. this planet or like the the imperial governor or whatever. And so they're going in. I guess he was supposedly working with some pirates. I don't remember exactly what the deal was, but it was part of their vigilante justice thing. They were going to go figure out what was going on and and deal with it. Right. Well, Vader and the five hundred first also found out about what this guy was up to. Oh gosh. So they're trying to get in, avoid getting uh, caught by the five hundred first as deserters. And at one point, they end up working with. Uh, Han, Luke, and Chewbacca, who are trying to get Leia off this planet in the midst of all of this. Oh, goodness. And Mara Jade is racing Vader to take care of the guy as well. Right, right. So they end up working with her. Um, oh, it was great. That sounds it. Oh. Um, so the second book is putting, like, I guess she has recruited them to help her out a second time. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, you know, it's got, got Mara Jade during her uh, hand of Emperor's Hand days and moral stormtroopers. It's, 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 <laughs> it, was, it was a fun-sounding story, but again, it's legends, so it almost feels pointless to read. So I ended up having to return both books unread. Aww. That does sound interesting. Um, I actually, because yeah. I have a running list of like what Star Wars books we have and whatnot, and we actually do have that one. Okay. So yeah, and it's and it's Timothy Zahn. So I mean, yeah. I've I've enjoyed everything of his that I've read so far. Sadly, I can't say the same anymore. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I hate I that. Know. I I, yeah, I maybe they'll. I do want to give it they'll... another try sometime. Who knows? Maybe he'll maybe he'll get to bring back some of his other characters without having it be a tie-in. Yeah, I hope so. Because he, I mean, Timothy Zahn. You know, if, if you're not familiar with Timothy Timothy Zahn, he literally started the expanded universe. He wasn't the first person to write a then expanded universe novel but he was the first person to write something that took place after return of the jedi everything up until that point was it took place in the context of the the trilogy because uh splinter of the mind's eye was technically the first one wasn't it yes and that was um alan dean foster lucas had asked because alan dean foster had written the novelization for the first movie using the pseudonym george lucas right um and Lucas knew that he wanted to do another Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. But he didn't he didn't know what his budget was going to be like. So he had Alan Dean Foster write a book. And was like, okay, so if we can get some some people behind, you know, if people enjoy this book, we'll turn it into a movie. <laughs> and it was it was supposed to be write write a, a Star Wars story that I can turn into a low budget movie basically was and that was the first expanded universe book and then it ended up not getting not being needed as as film material and uh there's some weirdness because it doesn't have all of the knowledge that would come out in uh empire strikes back and return of the jedi right right 
Still worth reading, though, if I remember correctly. No, yeah. Yeah, no. It was worth reading, and a lot of the concepts in it were things that were uh, pulled out later, like the Kyber Crystal and stuff like that. Which is stuff that's actually survived the Purge. Yes, yeah. Which is, um, uh, which is interesting. It's interesting to see what they've actually cherry-picked to keep. Yeah, and I think they, they have an interest in preserving a lot of it where it makes sense, um, to the point that the Clone Wars... Was it the Clone Wars? No, it was Rebels. Rebels actually started after the Purge, I think, or shortly yes. before. Yes, the Clone Wars is the only thing that isn't the movies that survived the Purge. Yeah. That was before the Purge, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The Purge, of uh, course, being the point at which Disney said, okay, all of this expanded universe stuff, anything that is not movies is no longer canon. It's what we call yeah. the Purge. The canon Purge. They yeah. are still publishing some of some of those books, by the way. They just they changed the cover yeah. so it actually says Legacy, which I guess is kind of cool. Yeah. They didn't say, no, we're never going to publish this stuff again, because obviously it, I mean, it still sells. Like, people still enjoy these stories. And there are some people that are, that are still trying to, like, complete the collection and all that. Yeah. And I don't know that I'll ever get rid of the, uh, the collection that I have. Oh, why would I always you? forget. No, yeah. I don't know. I might try and finish my uh, new Jedi Order collection and Legacy of the Force. Now, is that your personal collection, or is that still like stuff that that Mom had? No, I have my own personal collection. I've even nice. got a couple of the books that she had. Gotcha. Um, Remnant, Dark Journey, or a couple of the ones that I know that she has. Mm. Um, I don't have the whole thing. I do have the first one. Of, of the New Jedi Order. We actually have the entire New Jedi Order series. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was that was the first time they were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna coordinate things and and keep the post Return of the Jedi books cohesive. Well, except for the two, there were apparently two of them that were um, ebook exclusive that we do not have. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um no, I was I was gonna I was gonna say, uh Rebels actually had a a scene or an episode where the characters one of the one of the characters meets I think it was Darth Bane. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um it was originally supposed to be both Darth Bane uh Darth Bane and Revan. And they decided they only wanted to cut it down to one character, and they had to decide between Bane and Revan. And they felt that Bane was the more important, the more important thing to keep. Have you actually, um, have you actually read the um, the Darth Bane trilogy? I've not. It's really good. I would highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. It's. It basically like documents the birth of the um, the Sith Order as we know it. Yeah, like with the rule of two and everything. Yes. But the interesting thing is that here's here's 
here's what I find really interesting and part of my argument for why uh, Knights of the Old Republic is te- is probably still canon. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know where he got his ideas from? Where? Darth Revan. He did all kinds of research That's into right. Revan's... Um, like his theories and and philosophies and everything, and that's where he developed the rule of two. Mm, that's right. I think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think Revan is permanently out of canon. I think if they can find a way to do it organically, I think they will because they wanted to in the first place. There's actually there's another book. Um, it's it's one of the old Republic books called Revan. Um, which is also extremely good. Karth isn't in, in it, so of course you know that's oh. a detriment, as always. <laughs> but you know, yeah. No, the the entire uh, old Republic era is is a lot of a lot of fun, untapped potential. I think. I believe that was my first um, RPG. Yeah, if we don't, if we're not counting yeah. Adventure of Link, right? <laughs> no, and that was actually something I meant to bring up. I think I forgot when we were talking about D and D. Yeah, was that was my first exposure to that system because it's literally, it is. It's ripped right from the 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 three point five system. Yep. No, it and it uses. You can actually see where it makes all of those those. It makes those rolls whenever you make an attack. Yeah, it does. Or or anything. Anything that you do, there's a roll involved, and then it like adds the number that it rolled to your character sheet. Like that's how D and D was explained to me in the first place. It's like it's like Knights of the Old Republic, but um, but the the computer isn't doing the rolling for you. You have to do it yourself. Yeah. But no, Knights of the Old Republic is really good. Um, I never did yes. get around to playing the second one, which is really sad. The system was much better. The story was a little weak, but the the uh, the development company also had a lot of um because it wasn't uh it wasn't Bioware. Ah, uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. It was it was Obsidian. They started working on it before the first one was released, which is weird. Um, and Bioware was apparently very, uh, very rigid and, and basically made them, didn't give them a lot of leeway with the release date. And so they didn't get to finish it. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. But no, what, what was there I enjoyed? Um, I'm actually, I recently started a playthrough and had the modding community is is something else because they were <laughs> able to basically pull out a lot of the the code and the storylines that were still in the game but had been kind of walled off. Right, right. Because there's always and, there's always yeah. artifacts like that hidden in in video games. Yeah. Um, especially since there's a couple of cutscenes I think that happen that take place in areas that were cut from the game. Wow. So like those areas still have to exist so that the cutscenes can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you there's... can, if you can like out of bounds or something to where you can access those areas, right? Outside of the cons, uh, the constraints of the game, you can actually find those cutscenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
but yes, there's a, there is a really large mod that tried to restore as much content as they possibly could. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm working my way through that. Um, the thing that I most enjoyed about Rise of the Old Republic Two was that uh, there was a lot more. It there was a lot more focus on your relationships with your party. Mm. You could actually influence your party to an extent, and there was like you know, building relationships with the characters, finding out more about their backstory. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was <laughs> actually being uh, able to like influence their their mm-hmm. light side, dark side balance yep. a little bit. Yep. Once you got to a certain uh, certain like level with your your relationship with the character, they would start to mirror your own actions. Mm-hmm. And there was. Oh, there was a serious character betrayal that happened to the point that it's one of those those voice actors that anytime I hear them now, my mind oh. goes there first, and it's just like, ah. Anybody that I know, voice actor wise? Uh, um, I'd have to check. I don't remember her name. Okay. That's that's fine then. Um, you you never played any of the Fable games, did you? No, no, I did not. <sighs> Uh, I've only actually played through the second one, gotcha. but the narrator is the same voice actress, and it was just oh no, it, oh, it was so rough. Speaking of mods, I had seen a video because I a while back when I had actually read through like the Darth Bane trilogy and then um, the Revan book. Um, I was I was looking up some stuff because it's been a very long time since I played that game. Um, I I found a video where somebody had actually modded uh, Juhani to look more human. Huh. And that really bugged me. Like, because I I guess I I had always assumed that, um, like, the way she looked had to do with her uh, dark side, like, corruption. But she's actually a Cathar. Yes. Like, that's her species, and to, like, completely mod over her species and make her more human, like, yeah. that just seems wrong to me. Yeah, that's that's kind of, that's kind of upsetting. It's one of the most interesting things about, like, Star Wars, particularly with, like, the games and stuff, is the, the diversity of, like, the different races and stuff. Which is not something that you get so much in the movies, because for the most part, a lot of, like, almost all of the main characters in all the movies are human. So I always found it interesting that, like, with the games and stuff, you have, like, this very interesting, like, dynamic spread of different, like, creatures and aliens and and stuff like that. And then to take that up a notch, you have um, the Old Republic, like, the online game where mm. I would say probably the vast majority of people don't play humans because there are so many other races to choose from. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean... I know, I don't <laughs> like playing as a human. I prefer playing as a, a Mirialon, personally. Yes. Is that is that what I'm thinking it is? 
the green skin with the tattoos? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was actually I mean, um, one of the party members. One of the party members in uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 was uh, Mirialon. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they've, they've, like, they've, they've actually locked a lot of the races, which is kind of disappointing. Like, you, act, mm-hmm. you have to, like, pay extra money. Um, or, you know, there's, there's That's ways you can right. earn it in game, but. They went to free to play, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Which is, uh, yeah. I think that's why I've been, I've held off on actually playing Old Republic until I can afford and justify the cost of picking up, like, expansions and stuff. Yeah. To but get more content. There's ways that you can earn certain things in-game. Um, yeah. It actually works a, a, a fairly similarly to Lotro. I think Lotro does the, the formula a lot better. But mm. um, there are ways that you can earn them. So if all you're looking for is, like, races and stuff like that, it, it shouldn't take too long to earn up the, the currency that you need to get it. Okay. But if you're talking about expansions and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one I'm most interested in is the uh, the Revan expansion. Yeah. Was that an expansion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that definitely. I mean, not that I have time for things like that, <laughs> um, but we had gone back and we're playing a little bit um, a few months back, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's so many of these other MMOs that we end up playing. This is kind of off topic. Um, nothing really hits the level of storytelling that Final Fantasy XIV has. So yeah, I find myself getting bored really easily. Like you would think, like Lotro, because we started playing that again recently too, because last year, like Cyber Monday, I think it was, they had mm-hmm. this huge sale on, like, expansion packs. So we ended up buying, like, most of the expansion packs for, like, 40 bucks. Nice. Like, it was insane. And the way they work is, like, you buy the expansion pack, and here's some points that you can spend on other stuff to go onto your account, and, like, all this other nonsense. Because um, they only let you get, like, up to... Like, you can't, like... You barely get to Rivendell, honestly, without oh, having wow. to buy like quest packs and stuff like that. Their leveling system has gotten a lot better. Um, That's good. But anyway, so like the 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 draw for that game for me ends up being like the locales. Yeah. And like getting to play around in the world. Um, and also Minstrel is like way overpowered, so it's fun to just run around and kill stuff in one hit. But. You would think that, like, Star Wars would have that similar sort of pull. Yeah. But I don't know. It just, like, I start playing it. Like, we were playing for a while, and then it's just like, I get bored. Yeah. The crafting system is a lot of a, a lot of fun for some reason. I don't know why I find the crafting system fun. Because it's not really, like, you send your companion off to do stuff, and then you wait, and that's it. But maybe that's why. Maybe it's yeah. because it, it doesn't take up a lot of my time. Yeah. 
Like, the gameplay's a little bit clunky. And... I don't know. It's just... You land on this planet, and there should be, like, this entire planet to explore, but you get, like, this small chunk of it that you can reasonably, like, explore at your level. And there's, like, all of this slogging through side quests and stuff that you have to do. I I don't know what... It's hard to put my finger down on it, but there's something about it that just, like, eventually I just get bored. Yeah. That's... A, lot of, a lot of the story is very interesting. But it feels like it's strung out so few and far between. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, no, I, it's still, I understand. Like, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I, like, it's, it's not something that I would say I wouldn't recommend. There's right. just, there's, there are better MMOs out there. Right. And then, of course, there's the whole, uh, the whole time aspect of things where exactly. I've already got an MMO that I'm trying to. Right, exactly. Be active on. So I feel like we're not actually going through this chronologically at all. No. Like we said no, we were going absolutely to. Absolutely been jumping around. Um, but you know what? Eh. We kind of knew that we were, weren't going to be following a set uh, schedule on this. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I didn't make any notes ahead of time, and that's specifically yeah. why, because I knew that we weren't going to stick to it. Yeah, no. Um, well, here's a question for you. Okay. Um, overall, so far, which is your favorite set of movies? <sighs> Overall, like if we break them up into like groups of three, yeah, this might be nostalgia talking, but I think I've got to go with the original trilogy. That's a fair that that's that's a fair choice. Um, I might change my mind when uh, when the last right. sequel comes out. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how that that affects like the 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 trilogy as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we. I mean, yeah. See how everything concludes. I. Um. I'm gonna have to go prequel. I'm. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I don't like. Like we were saying, like the writing and the directing is leaves a lot to right. be desired. A lot right. of the time, but. I don't know. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, and the the world building was the world building is fantastic. Yeah. No, that's absolutely valid. Uh, valid choice, and I think. Like I don't know. I've, I this might be. Um, this might just be a product of the vast amount of information that we had at our fingertips when we first saw episode one but it Mm -hmm. never felt like there was a single piece or element you know background or otherwise that was there without some kind of a purpose or backstory to it no yeah but that definitely makes sense um and there was a lot of that like i know you could say the same thing about the original trilogy, but there wasn't quite as much of that just, like, random, like, 
stuff making the world feel lived in. Like, episode 6 was probably the closest that you got. With all of the crap going on in, like, Jabba's Palace and everything. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that Lucas was making things up as he went along for the first trilogy. Definitely. But I don't know, there's, there's, and, and this might just be because I haven't had time to, like, the time that I had back then to delve into, like, the lore and everything. But it feels mm-hmm. like there are quite a few of those elements in the newer trilogy that are like, well, this was cool, so we threw it in there. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's definitely the case. Especially since we've got, you know, two different people t- dealing with, with, uh, directing yeah, and yeah. whatnot. And with J.J. Abrams' typical MO of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks and not really having a plan when he introduces elements, you know, it's to be expected. Yeah. I mean, just look at Lost. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's my reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Not really sure if I've got a uh, 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 well-developed reason for choosing the uh, the original trilogy. Well, it's like you said, nostalgia. Like, that's a pretty good yeah. reason, I think. Nostalgia. Um, my favorite character in the entire uh saga is is pretty prominent so <laughs> i think that influences things a lot it's probably it's probably actually a, a pretty big influence for me too to be completely fair yeah i i figured that was probably somewhere in the <laughs> in the reasoning um i just wasn't sure how uh how it would come off if i pointed that out myself <laughs> I didn't want to come off as a jerk, but you know. I, I mean, it's a it, it it's a valid point. I don't see how that could be like you being a jerk, but you only like the prequels because Obi Wan was in them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's that's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I do like the world building and everything too. So. But yes, yeah. Obi Wan's my favorite character. Who's your favorite character? Han Solo. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know this, but we have people yeah, listening to no, us right now, that... so they may not know this because you didn't say so. This is true. This is true. No, I'm Han Solo has always been my favorite character, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Nope. There's there's a couple of close follows though. Mm. Like who? Um, very minor character, but uh, Wedge. Wedge is awesome. Wedge Antilles, especially when you realize that he goes through a character arc of his own. He does. He really does. Um. Props to Wedge for being the only background character that actually survived all three movies. Yes, yes, and yep, 
And I think the only reason he isn't in the new ones is because the actor said that I think I, if I'm remembering right, I think the actor said that he thought it would be boring to play that character again. Oh, well, I, yeah. I can kind of see where he's coming from. Right. And you know what? If he's if he doesn't want to do it and if he's not going to enjoy doing it, then there's no reason for him to do it. So, right. I'm OK with that. Uh, there's conflicting information. Oh? Uh, somebody, apparently somebody said that that wasn't the re- that that didn't happen. Hmm. Well, regardless, it sounds like he has his own reasons for not doing it, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, apparently he was doing something else. Okay, yeah. That that wasn't. Scheduling that wasn't what it was. He was, yeah. Can scheduling definitely conflicts. be excused. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I, 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 I really enjoy Wedge. Um, Anakin's story arc through being Darth Vader is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. especially when you throw in the Clone Wars series, which is. It's one of those series you've got to give it the first season pass, and I, I I hate that I have to say that, but it didn't know what it wanted to do for the first season, so you got to wait. But it wanted to be a Star Wars cartoon. Hmm? It wanted to be a Star Wars cartoon. Yeah, like that's about as far as they got with it. Yeah, we want to be we a Star, a Star Wars, Wars cartoon. cartoon. We want to talk about the Clone Wars, and we're gonna have an audience. Um, what what's the word? Not insert. Um, an audience surrogate character. Uh huh. But... No, I think insert would have been the right word for that. Okay. Yeah. I can see how I can see how she would have been not necessarily a, a self insert, but definitely an audience mm-hmm. insert. Yeah, she was supposed to, she was she was supposed to be the especially for like newer younger fans who maybe didn't necessarily see the movies yet. Right. That might be why yeah. I never really like. I haven't actually seen the show, but mm-hmm. I never really cared much for her as a character, Ahsoka. Yeah. Um. And that's probably it. Like, I am. I am very much biased against like writer insert characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or audience insert characters, like those types of. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh... And that's part of the reason why I say give it the one season pass, because she definitely grows out of that role and becomes a pretty a pretty good character in, in and of herself. It's good to hear. Um, to the point that um, she actually shows up later in Rebels earlier than... I would have expected and earlier than I think I would have liked, but right. you know. That no. is actually a really good example of optional um, periphery content that yes. is not required or like they don't get heavy handed with it in the more common like canon stuff. Yeah. Because I can't really go into it, but the end of Solo is like, well, if you 
we're not aware of certain elements of rebels like you're gonna be so lost right now like you can still it's still a good twist and it's enjoyable for anybody because i haven't seen rebels but i was at least aware Mm, see that's more of a clone wars thing though to be fair but still it's like disney trying to tie all of their their different properties together yeah like clone wars you have to have seen the movies to appreciate it but you don't have to have seen clone wars to appreciate episode three Right. It's completely yeah. separate. Yeah. I don't know. I'm it, I'm I'm trying to make more of my argument and and <laughs> I feel like I'm not doing a very no, good job of it. No, I I understand what you're saying. Um I think uh Rogue One's probably a good example. It's not like, necessary for no, it's the not. movies, but it's it helps with your appreciation for them. Yeah. And it's like References and nods is fine. Tying things in is fine. But making it so that you have less of an appreciation within the mainstream mm. um, without having seen the peripheral content yeah, is detrimental. Yeah. That's, I agree. That's, that's I think, my, my main issue. Right. And to be fair, the Thrawn book is probably the peripheral content, but it was not yeah. marketed as such. Right. It was because marketed it's Timothy Zahn as writing a Thrawn book. Exactly. Like they don't mention Rebels at all on like the cover or or any of the promotional material or anything like that. Yeah. So that's the part that bothered me. Right. And I'm not going to complain about that anymore. <laughs> for the rest of the podcast, I promise. Okay. I'm done. So anyway, Clone Wars. <laughs> Clone Wars. No, it was it was really good. It was it it But um, I have heard I've had I have heard really good things about it. Yeah, no, it was it was Oh, especially the uh the last season. After after Disney canceled it. And then Netflix got permission to to uh, produce a la- a final season, and it was some of the best writing on the entire show. It was it was like clearly leading into Revenge of the Sith, so it mm-hmm. got dark. It dealt with some really difficult um, uh, moral questions. Um, at, at some point, they they started going like computer animated with it, didn't they? Well, it was that show was computer animated from the beginning. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It was separate from the two D animation Clone Wars shorts that happened after Episode Two came out. Okay, so that's not even. That's not even, like, technically related. No, it's not. Okay. For some reason, I thought that the computer animated was, like, a continuation of the of the, the 2D animated show. No, it wasn't. See, I've it had wasn't. this whole misconception was... about this show this entire time. <laughs> yeah, no, um, there was actually a theatrical movie that set up for the 
the show that I think George Lucas actually wrote. Interesting. Don't don't quote me on that. He had something to do with the story. Um, he yeah, was I got involved theatri- in some way. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, I got a theatrical release, and it introduced. Um. Introduced Ahsoka. Introduced Captain Rex. Um. I gotcha. Yeah. No, one of the one of my favorite things about the the Clone Wars was that it really humanized the clone troopers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It gave them personality. It gave them um, their own, I guess, kind of goals and and humanity. It gave them a gave, yeah. It gave them a reason beyond what they were created for. Right. Which I think which was cool. You see a little bit of that in Episode Three. Yes. Um. With with the clone commanders all having names. Right. Yeah, this this definitely leaned hard into that idea and and played off of it. But then they like they subvert it like really hard with the whole, well, I've got this order and as much as I might not agree with it, I have to follow my orders. Yep. And they actually they actually make a very uh they kind of explain how how that is able to work, actually. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that was part of their. Uh, I think it was season six. Their their last season it was one of the three story arcs that they did. Was was explaining that whole scenario and why you know. The Emperor gives a, a single command and suddenly the entire clone army is uh, is killing Jedi. Right. And how that wasn't something that the Jedi were aware of would even be possible. It had something to do with their, like, not really like programming, but something to do with like the genetics and the training that they, they, they go through at the facility, wasn't it? Yes, that that was that was part of it, but you'd think if there was an entire game plan in the Republic Army to get rid of the Jedi, the Jedi would find out about it. You'd think. So it was actually a. Um, um, there was. There was they'd actually implanted the clones with a brain chip that contained. What Order sixty six was. Okay, I gotcha. That they weren't even aware of. So the Emperor said, you know, Order, Order 66, the, the chip kicks on and... Suddenly they, they have this... Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. That, that actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. Very clever. Mm. Very clever. So I have to ask... Okay. Um... Who is your favorite, like, expanded universe character? <sighs> expanded universe. So we're outside of the uh, the nine movies. Outside of the nine movies. Well, okay. Um, I'm going to allow inclusion of Rogue One because I I 
think that could technically be considered expanded universe. Okay. That was that was a question that I had. Um, and solo as well. So outside of the technically the numbered. eight numbered movies that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Video games, comics, TV shows, books, what have you. Oh, yeah. I know that's a lot to cover. <laughs> yeah, no, um I'm actually going to I'm going to split into two answers here. Go for it. Um so as far as uh current canon, accepted current canon, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with uh Captain Rex from the Clone Wars. Okay. <laughs> um from what little I know, it seems like a solid choice. Very Jango Fett type character. But like if Jango Fett was like a military man instead of a mercenary. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. Um, some of my favorite parts of the show are when Cody and Rex are operating together. And mm. um, you can definitely tell that they're... Uh, that, that the Jedi they spend the most time with rub off on them. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. Um, uh, but going with like the whole like including legends, I'm gonna go with. Oh, I was gonna go with Revan, but then I remembered HK47 is there. And... <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna go with HK47. That's a that's a good solid choice. You know who reminds me a lot of HK47? Who? K2. Yep. Yep, that Yes, K2 love, is definitely very... I love that they've been giving the droids so much personality and so much yes. staff lately. Yes. Because L3 had a very similar sort of, like, rambunctious <laughs> personality. Yeah, L3 very, was great. Very um, rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, HK47, good, solid choice. Yeah. Um, across the board, uh, Revan, hands down. Mm. Like, if there's any character that I desperately want them to bring back into the officially yes. accepted canon, that is, that is Yes. It. Absolutely agreed. And, we like, need, we need more Revan. The twist still messes <sighs> me up sometimes. Yeah. Like, seriously? I was the bad guy the whole time? The whole, the whole what? time. What? <laughs> The whole time it was you. Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah. Just mind-blowing. Absolutely. Um, in officially accepted canon... Yeah, you know what? You're not going to know this, this character. Um, okay. There's a character in Bloodline. His name is Rancel... Um, Casterfo. And I think he's probably my favorite new canon character so far. Yeah. He's very, um, he's very suave, very charming, uh, politician, but he's also, like, really, really, um, like, idealistic. Yeah. And, He's he's a fairly young politician. Mm. 
and has got this whole idea that like his party can't do any wrong hmm. and like there's there's a point in the story where like they kind of kind of reveal the uh the the shortcomings of like both parties both major parties in the republic and he just yeah. kind of has like this mental like breakdown because <laughs> <laughs> like if it's, it's like one of those things where it's like well everything that i've been like living for and advocating my whole life feels like a lie now i don't know i just i really enjoyed his character and his character arc and everything yeah all right so i think one thing we haven't really touched on a whole lot is the new piece yeah we haven't really gone into them a whole lot um oh, out of the two which one was your favorite um oh that's actually a hard choice yeah. um i think last jedi though yeah yeah Why like more? well once we have like we establish who the characters are. We know who, like, we know. We know the characters, and we actually get to see them really uh, interacting and 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 living in the world now. Yeah, that's one. That's one benefit that um, I think Episode One had over Episode Seven was that a lot of the characters were already partially established. Yeah. Like, it was just a matter of showing us how they related to the later trilogy. Yeah. And partially detrimental, I think, to the original, or the, the prequel trilogy, rather, was the fact that everybody knew, like, we were getting all of this information about, like, who these characters are and how they relate to the original trilogy and, and all this other stuff. Like, without being told... Would you have known that Amidala was Luke and Leia's mother? I, I mean, you probably so. could have guessed by the time episode yeah. two rolled around. Yeah, but, but but no, probably not. And there's also the fact that anybody who wasn't reading books, like the ex expanded universe books before episode one came out, had no clue who Palpatine <laughs> was. They never yeah. mentioned his name in the movies. This is true. So we had all of this, like, we had all the Expanded Universe stuff, and we had, like, all of these, like, articles coming out that were, like, explaining everything. So a lot of the characters from Episode 1 were, were pre-established. Yeah. Episode 7, we have no clue who most of these characters are. Most of them are brand new. Yeah. So yeah, I can, I can see how, like... You might prefer episode eight because the characters have room to kind of do their thing now that they've been yeah. established. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Go for it. I liked the climax. Yeah. No, I loved it. Again, unpopular opinion, but that aside. I think that was a suitably heroic death. Yeah. 
I did not think it, he he did not feel out of character to me at all. No, not at all. He wasn't the Luke Skywalker from the expanded universe previously, but I'm okay with that. But the expanded universe technically doesn't exist anymore, so yeah, like that can't be your basis. Um, Luke has always been a very instinctual person. Yeah. He's, and I don't think we ever saw a character development that, where he ever really purged that from his system. He always did things based on what he felt was the right action and worried about how he was going to get through it later. Even right up until, like, his final battle with Vader. He's yeah. still, like, acting on his emotions and acting instinctively. Right. Rather than, like, thinking through it logically. Yes. So the fact that he's like, well, this 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 darkness exists in my family. Um, the fact that he would get scared and think that it was inevitable is... I mean, it's a reasonable assumption for me. And that goes back to that whole idea of, like, I don't want to have to... I've already dealt with this. Like, this shouldn't be happening again. I don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. And then realizing that it's not something that you can just fight once and it goes away is, yes. like, disheartening. And, I mean, he does make the actual logical decision that, no, he has to find a way to deal with it. But Unfortunately, it's the, too damage late. the damage is already done. done. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, there are consequences for acting instinctively instead of, like, thinking things through logically. Right. Like, that's, like, that's, that's just what happens. Like, you hurt people. And bad things come of that. Yeah. Yeah, no. I have I have um I do have issues with some of the pacing for um Last Jedi. Yeah. But it it's kind of a lot different from some of the other issues that other people have. Um Right. I definitely applaud Last Jedi for going in such a different direction. Like, at the same time, like, I applaud uh, The Force Awakens for bringing us back to the roots of right. the franchise. Um, I think it's hilarious that everybody complains about the prequels, like, oh, they were so terrible, we just need to go back to what the original trilogy was, so then... That's what they did. They basically recreated episode four. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, but that was exactly the same as episode four. We want something new. So then they do something completely in in the opposite direction. And deviate from everything that has ever been done in Star Wars before. Yeah. And everybody's complaining because they're like, that's not Star Wars. Like... I'm sorry, but people need to make up their mind. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it ha ha comes from a, a preconception that when Disney acquired Star Wars, they were going to screw it up. Yeah. Because that, I remember when they bought Lucasfilm, like, my first thought was, oh, that means we're getting more Star Wars, right? Because Lucas isn't going to make any more. 
like he said he was yeah. done after episode three. Yeah. But then, like, Disney got a hold of it and was like, I was really excited because it was like, we're going to have more Star Wars movies. This is awesome. But everybody else was like, you know, assuming that they were going to screw it up and, like, being really, like, uh, there's a word and I can't find it. <laughs> there was a lot of tension and tentativeness in the fan base when yeah. Disney acquired Lucasfilm. And I think that colored a lot of people's perceptions of the movies in the first place. Like, they're expecting to be disappointed. So I don't think that anything that Disney is going to do from here on out is going to please them. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and when I say the fan base, I just want to clarify, because apparently this has been a really hot issue right now. I don't mean everybody. I mean the people that are actually vocally and loudly yeah. complaining. The ones who are driving people off of uh, social media and proud of it. Yeah. So if these are not your actual opinions, I'm not talking about you. Let me make yes. that perfectly clear right now. If what I am saying does not line up with your actual opinions, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about everybody else. So don't get mad at us. Get mad at them. Yeah. Because they're the Cause ones they're... that are actually ruining Star Wars right now, you guys. Yeah. And they're giving all of us a bad name. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, that's exactly it. Like, people that are complaining, they're like, well, that's not me. I'm not the one saying those things. That's not my opinion. I didn't do that. Well, you're being labeled because of these people that are saying these things and doing these things and being vocal and causing problems because they're giving us a bad name and they're giving us a bad rap. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we really need to just tell them to shut up and sit down, honestly, because they're the ones ruining it. Yeah. And if you are one of those people, well, first of all, you probably don't want to finish listening to any of our, our stuff because again, we have very <laughs> yeah, unpopular opinions and we probably don't agree with you on a lot of stuff, but um, not that I think that we do have anybody listening to us that has these opinions, but please just stop. Like, please. It's it's not necessary. It's just a movie. It's just yeah. a movie. It's not going to ruin your childhood. It's not going to ruin your life. If you don't like it, just don't watch it. If you don't like it, it's not for you. There's plenty of other... There's plenty of, of legacy. Like I said, they're still printing legacy um, EU books. You can you go read those. They're fantastic. Just because Disney says they're not canon doesn't mean that they don't exist anymore. And there is a point to reading them because they are still really good stories. Yeah. Probably came off really mean, but you know what? <laughs> nah. That's where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the complaints I've heard about the, the new movies just come from not really paying much attention to what's going on. And it's a, unfortunately, it's a running trend. I mean, I've said this on several of the episodes that we've had so far. People just don't pay attention anymore. <laughs> if they're not hitting you over the head with it, apparently it's too subtle. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite things that I recently figured out was, um, it, to my knowledge, the first time we see Ray really using force powers. Mm-hmm. Which is a big complaint that I see a lot. That, ah, uh, she's Mary Sue, super powerful with no training. Well, 
the first time we really see her using portal powers. And it's the one that people point to first when complaining about her being too powerful and why should she be able to do that. Is in the interrogation. Is, yep. In the interrogation room when she's force tricking the force Jedi mind tricking the uh, stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, we saw Kylo Ren get into her head, and then she w- and being the dumb, undertrained, arrogant asshole he is, leaves himself open for her to be able to 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 use that connection both ways. Right. And then later, I'd seen somebody had compared her. In Last Jedi, her moves with the statue, mm-hmm. when she's got her lightsaber, are the exact same moves that Kylo Ren later uses when he's fighting Luke Skywalker at the end of the movie. Like, like move for move, it is literally they're having the same fight. That's very interesting. Which is a strong implication that any use of her powers and her her ability to use a lightsaber, a lot of that is things that have bled over from her connection to Kylo Ren. That's a that's a really interesting theory, and and it's a really good argument. I would say that, um, um, particularly in um, re- in in regards to her like mind tricking the guard. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, she is aware of what Jedi are. She's been hearing like stories yes. and myths. So that too. There's there. It's possible that when she like caused his um his mind reading to like backfire, um, she realized that that might possibly be what this is. So she figured, well, I might as well give it a shot. I've heard that like Jedi can do this, so maybe there's a possibility that I can get the guard to leave. Yeah. Because she was desperate. Like, she didn't really have any other options at the time. Yeah. But yeah, as far as, like, her fighting style and everything and, like, knowing how to use the lightsaber in the first place, um, a lot of the fight in the forest, I think, was instinctual. Yes. But when she's actually, like, trying to focus on training, there's also the possibility that, like, if Luke is teaching her anything as far as fighting True. style... I mean, he taught he taught Kylo Ren as well, so... This is true. You know, they're going to have a similar fighting style. This is true, too. But, I, I mean, I, I do like that theory that, that she picked up a few things when she was, like, connected with him. I think, I think it's a valid theory. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, no, um... If I had to pick one of the two, I think I'd probably prefer Last Jedi. Just because of the insanely different direction that it goes in. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't like the chase scene. Like the whole sequence of them getting chased down. I feel yeah. like I feel like it's very poorly done. Um, and we right. can get into this if we ever do like a deep dive on on Last Jedi and all that. But I just I feel like that was very poorly paced, and I don't like the I don't even remember her name. The admiral. Uh, shoot, I should know this. Um, Holdo. Holdo. Um, I just, I don't think her character is very well handled either. 
Yeah. There's a huge difference, though, between blaming writing and directing for that and blaming the actress for that. Right. I think she was brilliant in her role. No, yeah. But I don't feel like the character was very well handled. No. Because that entire sequence was very poorly handled. Yeah, and I think the problem is, is that the character was created from a... The character was created specifically as a foil for um Poe? Yeah. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it because Leia already made a pretty good foil for him. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I the character I think, I think she, they wanted a character that he would be more willing to butt heads with and he seemed perfectly willing to butt heads with Leia to be honest. True. If 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 it was more a thing where he had like an immense amount of respect for her and and like never ever talked back, then that might make more sense. But it just it yeah. feels like overkill. And to be honest with you, Holdo feels like one of those elements like I was talking about that just kind of got thrown in. That doesn't really feel like she doesn't feel she almost feels like she doesn't belong. And there's not really a sense of, like, I don't know. Feels like her story kind of, like, starts and stops with, with, um, with that movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know what came in her life before this. And I don't right. know that I care, because it feels like there wasn't anything, almost. Yeah. Even she though just, they she just feels like a lived-in character. This... Yeah, as much as they tried to build her up before, it just it didn't work. And I, I, I'm honestly not really sure what they could have done to fix that, to be honest with you. So, but that's just how it felt to me. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, absolutely, there are some valid criticisms of the new movies, but I mean, there are valid criticisms of all of the movies. All like, of them. Yeah, none of them exactly. are perfect. There is not a single yeah. one of them that is absolutely perfect. Right. And it's that's that is a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, like episode four, it's dated, it's tropey, mm-hmm. and it's frankly, it's not that really that exciting. It it's it is a deliberate attempt to fall use uh Joseph Campbell as a uh as an outline. Yeah. While also pulling a lot of influence from other movies. Yeah. Like the whole thing is like it feels like a cobbled together like space opera fanfiction almost sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Sometime I actually want to do a comparison of, like, the chase scene from episode 8 and the chase scenes from episode 5. Because I think they were much better handled in episode 5, personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny, I don't actually think about that scene as as a chase, but that is, it is. And and now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that I realize that they did that. Like, despite all of the deviating that they were trying to do, they still ended up 
using the episode five formula for the basic structure yeah. of the movie. And to to borrow um, from from George Lucas, it all rhymes. Yeah, because episode two had the ba- the same basic structure as well. If you think yep. about it, Phantom Menace. Uh, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, it all followed a very similar... Yeah, they all followed similar patterns. Yeah. I mean, Revenge of the Sith opens with a rescue mission that goes horribly wrong. So we can assume that Episode Nine will more than likely start with a rescue mission of some sort. Either that That'll or Episode Eight technically ended with a rescue mission, so I guess that counts. Maybe. Although I think, I feel like they split Hoth into the beginning and the ending of the movie. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying there are direct parallels. I'm just saying right. that episode two, episode five, episode eight, you have one character going off on their own for training purposes of one mm-hmm. sort or another, and then the rest of the characters are focused on this chase. Yes. Whether or not they're the ones chasing or the ones being chased. This is true. Because all of episode 5, like, besides the the scenes with after Hoth, like, forget mm-hmm. about Hoth, after Hoth, right. besides the scenes with, like, Luke and Yoda, the entire movie is focused on the Millennium Falcon trying to escape the Empire. Right. So then in episode 8, you've got Rey going off to try and find Luke, which technically starts at the end of episode 7, arguably, but then the rest of it is like the Resistance trying to get away from the First Order. This is true. Like, that's the entire focus of the movie. Yeah. And then episode 2, like after all of the nonsense that happens on Coruscant, with the assassination plot and everything. You've yeah. got like Anakin and Padme going off into hiding as part of his training, technically. Yeah. Um but then the rest of the movie is focused on Obi Wan trying to track down and chase Django Fett. This is true. And, and then you have the character who has gone off in training coming in to try and save the the people involved in the chase. After some kind of a premonition. Yep. It follows the same formula, and I'm really mad now, actually, that I didn't notice that. <laughs> no, but I didn't notice. But props to them I, for like, being able to hide it. I know it. that there, like, like I I noticed some parallels for sure. Like the there was an obvious Hoth parallel in the evacuation, and then being cornered on the planet. And then I noticed, you know, obviously Ray with her. Her cave interaction there was right. very reminiscent of Luke's. And I guess it follows that then that would have been Anakin in the Tusken Raider tent. Yeah. Facing down, like, not necessarily ultimate evil, but your deepest fear. Yes. Anakin's fear of losing family. Uh, Luke's fear of being... Luke's fear, I think, of becoming what he's fought against for so long. Yes. And then Ray's fear of just being alone. Yeah. That what she's looking for actually doesn't exist. Yes. 
and then it's just her, and it's all in her head. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I should actually be, like, congratulating them for, for being able to hide it so well, then. Yeah. Because it was actually very well done. No, it was. In the same way that unless you Except for the chase think scene. about it. Yeah. The chase scene sucked. Which which chase scene are you referring Just to? The whole, Just the whole sequence. Like, it's this constant back and forth of we're trying to get away, we're, you know, we're, we're trying this, this method. Oh, it succeeded. And then ripping the rug out and like, oh, well, we didn't actually succeed. We're still being chased. Yeah. It got old. Yeah. yeah. Like, at least that... with the Millennium Falcon chase scene, it's like, I'm trying to think of how I can put this without it sounding like it's still exactly the same thing. <laughs> like, there was no actual success. The only time there's actual success is when they they hide with the trash. Right. And then, like, the audience knows that they're actually being tracked by Boba Fett the whole time. But they right. don't realize it, that. Yeah, it it felt... It didn't feel like... The, uh... It didn't feel like the enemy was omniscient. Because all of a sudden we realized, oh, no, they've actually... They knew exactly what you were trying to do the whole right. time. And it's like, you don't realize that until after it's happened. Yeah. So it feels very... It feels very like eighties, nineties comic book. Mm. And also a little like Shonen Jump. Where Or the like twist... a really, really bad DM. Right. The twist is that the bad guys are going to win because I say so, and not by any means that you could have possibly seen coming. Yeah. Like that's just a bad twist. Yeah. And it, it, it felt like you were getting the rug ripped out from under you every time it happened. Because you'd get, you know, there's all this tension building, and then the climax of, oh, they got away. No, wait a minute. No, they didn't. And then you're right back yeah. at square one. To be fair, though, that did spawn the one of the most beautiful, most beautifully uh, portrayed moments in Star Wars. I'm having like a hard setup, time remembering what you're talking about. I'm the sorry. The setup for it sucked, but the hyperdrive scene was just oh, yeah. pretty. No, that was that was gorgeous. Um, I wish it had a little bit more emotional weight to it, but I feel like they did pretty good just they tried. Um yes. and they did really good justice to it for what they had to work with. Yeah. No, that was that was gorgeous. And was. there was just enough in there to where anybody who understands remotely how hyperdrives work knew it was coming, like, minutes before it happened. Yeah. When you realize like, what she's going to do. It's like, that's stupid. There's, there's like, such a huge chance that you might miss. Yeah. And, you know, knowing that this is actually like a sacrifice of her life because the ship isn't going to survive. Like there's no way yeah, this is no. going to work to where she, and... she survives. Yeah. And there was so much that could have gotten gone wrong that it's not a viable strategy in the by and large. Yeah. That if you're, unless you're. Yeah, no, that uh... was definitely a gamble. Yeah. But and the like... argument of why don't they just, 
tie a hyperdrive to a rock and throw it at people. Because no. that's not... It, it, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. And it doesn't work. Like, that was a fluke. <laughs> yes. That was a gamble, and it, it it's a miracle that it actually worked. Right. I think... I think really the main primary difference between the chase scene sequence in episode eight and the chase sequence from episode five is that there is no point in episode five where they are, well, I'm sorry, not no point up until they are on their way to Bespin. There is no point at which they are under any sort of delusion that they have actually escaped. Right. Everything that they do is like trying to buy themselves some time or some space or to see if there's any possibility that they can hide and get away, but they never do. And they know that they're not actually going to be able to get away with a damaged hyperdrive. Right. They're just trying to buy themselves some time. Yes. Think of a way to get away. So mm-hmm. there's still that that sequence of like crazy plans and and wacky ideas and desperate measures, but even though they might succeed for a little while, you know it's not going to last. Yeah. So that's that's the primary difference, I think. Too much, yeah. too much back and forth. Too much like up and down. I think yeah. with episode eight, like I was exhausted by the end of it. Yeah. So that's that's it. Like that's that's my primary issue with episode eight. Really, is just that right. sequence. I I don't care much for that yeah. sequence. I don't like the way it was handled. But you know what? It is what it is. And the rest of the movie is fantastic. Yeah. Right. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to nine. Yes, definitely. It's gonna be a long wait. <laughs> yeah, especially since Solo came out so early. Yeah. Like it feels like a longer wait now because Solo came out in May instead of in December. Yeah. Like I'm glad we got it as early as we did. That's yeah. fantastic. But well, now I've got more than a year to wait for the next movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems like that's probably a pretty good place to leave off. We've been going for a couple of hours now, so Yeah. And if we go any farther, we're probably going to end up like deep diving some stuff, and yes. that's something better left for its own episode. Um, but kind of the way that we're starting to 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 form f- formulize formulate formulate. There's the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, part of the way that we're starting to kind of formulate the the format of the podcast that sounded terrible anyway (laughs) um we're we're starting with some generalized discussions of some of the topics that we do want to be discussing um and then Mm -hmm. we're going to like we're we're trying to mix it up a little bit so we're not talking about like one topic for like a month um yeah but now that we've discussed um we've discussed marvel and dc so we can start like discussing some of the comics issues in more depth. Um, we've discussed Star Wars, so we can start talking about some of the books, some of the storylines, some of the movies in a little bit more depth. But that's stuff that we can kind of designate to its own, like, episode. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's kind of how things are going to be going. Um, it looks like uh, we might have a couple more of like generic topics that we do um, before we start deep diving stuff, or we might start deep diving stuff in a couple of weeks. Um, right. I know next week we've uh, we've got a couple of different options actually. Um, how are you looking on the whole Infinity War front? Um, I'll let you know come around Tuesday. Okay. Um. Yeah. So depending on schedules and depending on whether or not Fen actually gets a chance to watch it, um, we're either doing Infinity War next week or that episode that we teased last week about um, worst dads in, in fictional history. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which needed a little bit more prep, otherwise we would have done that this week. Right. But we are going to start prepping that and then um, hopefully be able to record that next weekend and have that up for you guys before the following weekend. Because depending on what I have going on throughout the week, sometimes it takes me like four days to get these edited and uploaded. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what you guys can kind of look forward to in the uh, the weeks to come. Yeah. Um, we greatly appreciate you guys listening um, as long as you have been, or if this is the first one you pick up, thanks for giving us a shot and um, yeah. maybe poke through some of the other stuff that we've done, our other episodes, and see if there's anything else that interests you. Um, if you have any uh, comments or questions or suggestions for us, um, you can go onto Twitter, use the hashtag NerdscapePod. Um, so we keep an eye on that for any comments. Or if you follow either of us on Twitter, I'm um, at Ragdoll127. And uh, I am at Captain Fenris. Um, you can always uh, put a reply on, because we always post whenever the new episode goes up. Um, so you can follow us to find out when the new episode's live, or uh, post a reply, or send a message um, with whatever it is you want to say. Uh, well, did you have anything you wanted to add? I know I kind of keep rolling over you. <laughs> No, no, it's cool. Um, <laughs> anything that I've wanted to add has 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 you've already come up with. Um, gotcha. So yeah. Um, is there a particular question we want to ask feedback on, like we've been? I want to do something a little less controversial. So yeah, what is your favorite Star Wars character? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to get into a whole discussion about which ones of the movies suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Um, if you want to pick one each from the uh, Legends uh, storylines, and then one from accepted official canon, you're welcome to do so. Or just one across the board is fine. All right, and if that's it, then um, I uh, I guess we should wrap this up. Yeah, um, I guess so. Yeah. So I've been Ralma. Yeah. And I've been Fen. Um, thank you so much for listening. Yep, and this has been Nerdscape, and we'll see you next week, hopefully. Yeah.